Welcome to the Exchange for the Exchange podcast, where we exchange ideas about current events, pop culture, and theology. And we are on air, boys. Okay. You are live. For the record, Josh Pinnell is laughing. Nikolai Carpathia. (laughs) So gentle. Wow. I don't even know what Alex is going to say at this point. Welcome to the Exchange podcast. Uh, I'm your host. Daniel Lopez. <laughs> You're like, how many times are you going to count? Welcome to the Exchange Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my good friends, Josh Pinnell and Daniel Lopez. Well, Josh is coming to us from a brand new MacBook Pro. Josh, what did you buy, and how's it going for you? I bought a, uh, I bought a 17-inch MacBook Pro. Wow. Uh, with uh, with the touch bar and the the retina display, upgraded the hard drive, upgraded the RAM. Dude, this is about a twelve thousand dollar computer. It's not twelve thousand. Okay, I'm just kidding. Well, it's a small car with a charger. Yeah, I just got. I just yeah, and then I had to get. Then I had to get you know all those adapters to fit into the port because uh, you know you just have to buy those fifty or sixty adapters. I'm kidding, guys. It's it's a 13-inch MacBook Pro 2016 model. Oh, oh wow. I really thought you went 17 inches. I was like, what? I'm kidding. I was shocked, dude. I was like, Josh dropped like 25, 25 grand or 2,500 uh, on this. Dude, one of my favorite Michael Scott moments. He holds up a check. He's got a, He's like, I got a bonus, uh, 3,000 Gs. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love when they're like planning Toby's going away party. And he pulls out all that money from his shoe. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, my grandma usually sent me $50 a year. But when she started to lose it, she started sending me hundreds. I put it in my shoe, forgot about it. But I knew that there was a reason I was saving that money. <laughs> no, I, I need to tell the truth. It's just it's just the basic 13-inch. My previous one was an 09 model. And I'm anticipating this one lasting me just as long. Nice, man. Wonderful, man. We're so happy for you. Dan, you are a year older. How's that? A whole, a whole year older. Your birthday was yesterday? I'm 24 now. 24? Just a babe. From the mouth of babes, Alex. From the mm. mouth of babes. All right, boys. We got a lot to get through, as we always do on this podcast. Um, the first topic that I wanted to just kind of broach, the Oscars. Uh, Twitter is on fire talking about this snafu. What do you guys think about this? Uh, what do you guys think about the Oscars in general? Uh, but then also comment on the the snafu that occurred uh, with the naming the wrong movie title. I'm going to throw it to Daniel first. I mean, obviously, you know, it brings, it brings mem- you know, memories of the Steve Harvey incident and people <laughs> ask themselves, how did this happen again? Are there greater forces that are ruling all the decisions that happen in this country? You know, who is the unknown power that runs the world? Those are the questions that people are asking, man. This is a defining moment for history because we're starting to see, wow, someone is running the show and we're just puppets in their game, man. Dude, somehow, some way, that guy who read it got the wrong envelope. There's no because how was there an envelope with the correct one? You know, you know how you know what happened. So I've done I've done some pretty extensive research in this. It all traces back to the fake moon landing. Let's be honest. 
that's where it, it all it all traces back there. But just to give you the short story, Leonardo DiCaprio had the best actress envelope in his hand and he accidentally handed it to the guy I forget who it was who made the announcement. And so the envelope he had the envelope he opened up was the best actress envelope. And so it said Emma Stone, La La Land. And so they announced La La Land as the winner of Best Picture. He he never had the right envelope in his hand the whole time. Poor yeah. guy. Which is why he kind of like hesitated, but his co announced like he didn't announce it. The girl announced it. He didn't announce it. Yeah, but but he got all the everyone got upset at him. He took the reins, dude. But it was, white, it was a white. beautiful display of humility when the what? team of La La Land was just like, "Yeah, no, this isn't actually ours. It's theirs." It it was I thought that was really cool. It was so. It was so like, did, wow, did they're they, really good losers. Do they know going into it if they've won? No. No. They make two copies of each envelope. And wow. the only person who, like the announcer doesn't even know before they open it up, which is why there's so much confusion. Wow. That's interesting. Well, to be honest, though, I really don't care. Okay, maybe you care about this, Alex. Think about all the things that have to go wrong. Okay, the announcer <laughs> has to be handed the wrong envelope. He has to not read the outside, which says best actress, okay? And then inside the envelope the has to be the name of an actor in a movie which was nominated for best picture. And then they have to, they have to see the card and read it. Like all those things that have to go wrong for that to happen. It was the one movie that everyone thought was going to win. Is there any way, shape, or form that this could have been staged? Dude, the higher powers that be, my friend. Okay, I wasn't going to go into the moon landing, uh, but... (laughs) It's inevitable at this point. It's inevitable at this point. (laughs) I don't know. I just want to know who got paid. Switch up the envelopes. That's all I Uh want. Uh-oh. I will say I will say this. It, it, like when when little things like this happen, it, it's a beautiful reminder that at the end of history, it's not who you think. If you just watch history through secular eyes, it's not who you think is going to win. Who you think is going to win is not who wins the day. And I think that things like this are small reminders of that. Hmm. There you go. Biblical theology for you. <clears throat> All right, boys, let's get to the next topic. I wanted to get your guys' take. Uh, Josh, you shared a link with us on a new hymn that's been written called the Reformation Hymn. Josh, what 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 were your thoughts on sharing that with us? Yeah, um, Bob Coughlin shared it. He's one of my pastors at my church, so I follow him. So I listened to it, thought it was really good, and I wanted to share it with you guys. What was really interesting to me, though was not just like the quality of the song. Apologize. Come on, Go man. Go ahead. <laughs> but the fact that he wrote it with, uh, with Pastor Anderson and Church Works, and they came out with it together. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the more independent fundamental Baptists respond to that. You know, if a pastor comes to you and he's like, 
Josh, why should I push to have this type of a song sung in my congregation? What would you say to him? I would say, first of all, it's it's theologically informed. It's it's about salvation by grace alone, faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone, which is theologically informed. But I think this year in particular, it's really important for us to remember that God not only works in our day, but he has been working to preserve and cause his church to conquer throughout all history. And five okay. years ago this year, we saw that in Martin Luther nailing the 95 Thesis. So, yeah. Dan, let's pass it over to you, buddy. Well, I'm not really interacting with a lot of the newer hymns as much as Josh. Would I like to see more of that in the, cult, in, in the church that I go to? Uh, definitely, yes. And that's a big, that's a big conversation. Awesome. Yeah, I think those are some good thoughts. I mean, I, I really like the idea of trying to tie the current church back to its roots, uh, reminding us that we are where we are because of the Reformation, because of the five solos. Um, I'm excited to see more of these songs. And I, I will I will say, Alex, I am I have, well, one of one of my coworkers is Catholic and we have a lot of really good conversations. And that that was one thing that I would that I've really admired about more traditional churches is that sentiment of being historically rooted. You know, she says, I feel, I feel very honored when I go on Saturday nights to worship because I feel like I am worshiping with Christians from the ages. Yeah. So that, I think that that is something that new hymns, the reason they're called hymns in my opinion is because of, well, the style of music, but also the lyrics are very heavy. And yeah. by heavy, I don't mean like un like you can't understand them. I just mean not predictable, not repetitive. If that makes sense, which is fine. That's also that's just a different style. Baptists have roots too, or our Protestants have have just as deep of roots. Yes, um, yes. So I wouldn't necessarily say, at least in my opinion, a Baptist. Yeah, I didn't mean to necessarily appreciate their roots within the Protestant right. circles. There are other denominations that do a much better job at that. Yeah. You guys, a question? Yeah, go for it. Of course. With Pastor Anderson co-writing this song and this being put out by Church Works. So, if you don't know, they they wrote songs uh, like "My Jesus Fair." He writes music sung by like the Wilds, uh, like that. Group. Okay, this is the context I didn't have. Oh, you're good. Like Bob Jones sings his stuff. The Wilds sings his stuff. The like these are like the Wilds would not sing Bob Coughlin music. Uh, here's my question: Why would some? Why would somebody who's not reformed, um, in in the sense that they're not a Calvinist, right? Why should they sing these song? Th- this particular song. But you know personally that there are people in the IFB. That are that are closet reformed. They don't want to talk about it in public. They'll interact with you on a personal level about that. I, and and again, that that's what faces me is I don't know if it's hypocrisy or if it's some sort of wisdom as to why they are more public about that. But if he's writing a song like that, I would say he's probably a closeted reformer. Oh, he's definitely reformed. he's definitely a Calvinist. Well, one of the lines of the song like pretty explicitly talks about limited atonement in this particular well, that's hellfire right there. <laughs> <laughs> but also I feel like when people in the IFB do this, 
they don't really get that much attention for it. Like, no one makes a fuss about it. They kind of just like, oh, whatever. I don't know, man. I think people get upset about it, and then it kind of passes. Okay. Because they don't want they don't want to renounce him because they lean heavily on him. Right. Yeah. And there are some people. There are some people though that will stop singing his songs, Pastor Anderson's songs. That's like the person that's like, Hillsong writes crappy songs. So even when they write a good song, I won't acknowledge it. <laughs> but uh, what was it? The uh, and this is just really hitting our, our uh, IFB listeners more than anyone else. The uh, the Galkins came out with an album that was called something like uh, His Forever or something like that. It was the most recent album. I haven't listened to it yet. But like it's about perseverance and eternal security. I'm like reading the comments on this thing and everyone's like, well, not everyone. Most people are excited about it. A couple of people are like, this is terrible. This is Calvinism. This is- <laughs> Well, he's a, he's a, I would say he's like, he's not closeted though. He's the guy that gets away with it. Right. Yeah. Everyone knows Will Gawkins. So this is a guy who does that and gets away with it because I think people don't catch on that because he's not using certain words. He's not teaching that, but he is, he's just not using certain words. He's teaching it backdoor. There is a certain, there is a certain speaker at a certain Christian camp and a certain uh, state north of South Carolina. <laughs> uh, he was preaching at junior camp. He was preaching the week that all the free will Baptists came because Tom Farrell was preaching in teen camp. One evening for one of the services, he gets up there and he says, okay, kids, we're going to learn about a big word tonight. It's called perseverance of the saints. He literally preached a whole sermon with all these free will Baptist pastors in the back on perseverance of the saints. No one bats an eye. No one says a word. I walk up to him the next day. I'm like, how can you do that? He's like, man, when they come my week, they know what's going to happen. And if I just create categories in these kids' minds, eventually they're going to figure it all out. He says, I'm going to tell you my story, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. I want to hear your story. All right. So it's not funny or anything, but there's this gentleman that comes into Starbucks every Sunday afternoon. I come in at 6, he'll come in at 6.30 every Sunday afternoon. And every time I've seen him the last few months, I'm like, man, I know this guy. I know this guy. I don't know how I know him, but I know him. So this last Sunday, I was like, you know what? Enough of the games. I'm just going to go talk to him. So I put the drive through person on hold, and I walked over to the bar. And I go, sir. He goes, yes. I'm like, are you a professor somewhere? And he goes, yes, I am. I'm like, where are you a professor? He said, oh, I'm a professor at the Reformed Theological Seminary here in Greenville. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. You look very familiar. Um, have, you ever, have you ever taught at Southern Seminary? He's like, yeah, I go there like four times a year. And I was like, okay, okay. I graduated from Boyce. Now, understand, he never told me his name this whole time. We're just talking about Boyce College. And he's like, oh, that's wonderful. And so he's just asking me questions about what I'm doing. And then we say goodbye, and he's walking away. He turns around, and, and he goes, oh, what was your name again? And I goes, oh, it's Daniel. And he goes, oh, I'm Lincoln. Good to meet you, sir. <laughs> and he walks away. I'm like, that's Lincoln Duncan. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, just casually, oh, I'm Lincoln. Good to meet you. <laughs> he's just Josh. He's just, 
He's just dude. Just, I had no idea who I was talking to. I was just talking to him breeze. like he was a bro, <laughs> like shooting the breeze with one of the I'm four. Like, this is like one of the most skillful minds in our in our circles, and I had no idea that I was talking to him so casually. But he's just a normal dude who gets a venti mocha every Sunday afternoon. Yeah, what, dude, what does Ligon Duncan order? Does he order the same drink every year, every Sunday, or what does he order? I don't think he orders the same thing every Sunday, because sometimes he'll, like, walk away with a pastry, too. Mm. I need to get down Whoa. and, like, get, okay, this Whoa. Sunday I'm going to pay attention, and I'm going to figure out what he gets at Starbucks. Like, Okay, come back next Monday. We need his order. Daniel, yeah. no, we need, we need you to get him an interview on the pod. Mm. He does li- he's, He lives in Greenville, apparently. Hey, just keep building relationships with him. Eventually say, like, so I have a podcast. Wait, 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 wait. I don't know if he actually lives in Greenville or if he just teaches here. Just be, like, just be like the Exchange Podcast. I'm sure you've heard of it. You know, millions of people. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Al has talked to you about it. Yeah. You may be a member of the throng. Yep. We don't know. Yeah. Okay, can I tell you guys my story? Yes. So I'm working retail. Uh, it's tax season, meaning everyone's getting their refund money. So mm-hmm. places packed, just buying, buying furniture. they're just buying furniture left and right. This whole year they've been looking at their frumpy couch. They've been laying on their squeaky mattress and they want new stuff. They come to the furniture store and there's just person after person after person. We're just running the whole day. Sometimes there's, there's some people who, just require a little bit extra care than other people. And you just have to be really sensitive to that and know that, you know, they're probably in a transitional point of life. They may be kind of lonely. And so they just really appreciate you sitting there and listening to them. And that can be the difference between them buying from you and not somewhere else. And you're trying to love them. So I happen when there's, you know, a deep line, I just happen to run across a lady who, was like this, you know, I'm showing her a couple of recliners and I say, okay, I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you think about the ones we've talked about. She's like, okay, sounds good. I might've been up there for about 15 minutes or so helping people out. And, um, all of a sudden I hear this voice yelling, Seth, Nate, John, Dave, Andrew, Daniel! Phil! I'm not joking. She yelled about eight or nine names. And then she yells, What's your name? Okay, what this lady thought was, I'm going to yell every name, every male name I know, and eventually I'll filter through and get the right one. (laughs) She didn't get it. She didn't get it. (laughs) That was one of the best moments of my life. What's your name? What? Yeah, what's your name? I kid you not. It was eight or nine names. She just yelled in my direction, hoping she was going to hit it. <laughs> Dude, I got a story that just reminded me of that. I was at camp this summer. Um, I thought you were too old. I thought you didn't qualify to You're never too old. You're never, you're never too old to turn over a new leaf, Daniel. Wow. Never. Good for you, Alex. A seal door. Throw your tree branch on the fire, dude. 
Were you cool. the guy who would grab a really big tree branch because, you know, your life really mattered? Or would you grab a little one because you wanted to be thought of as little? Because Dude, I was the guy that did it one time. And I really don't know how I ended up in line. And when I got to the front, I I didn't know what I was going to say. <laughs> so I, just, I rambled for like a minute or two. And threw my branch on the fire. I didn't make like a, I didn't make like a resolution or anything. I was just like, I need to be real with with my walk. <laughs> that was like a DC talk song. <laughs> I didn't know what I was gonna say, dude. I, I got, I ended up in line. You know, I blacked out for a few minutes. I was <laughs> I got to the point in line where like, if I got out of line, everyone would notice. So yeah, I was like, like you weren't willing to give up the things that you were struggling with. I was still you weren't willing to surrender if you left the line, dude. I still wanted to drink beer and watch and watch porn. <laughs> Alex, do you remember <laughs> that is the most honest thing I've ever heard you say, Alex? <laughs> Alex, do you remember in freshman speech class when you were finishing up your one of your speeches? And you were like, crap, I got like three minutes left in this. And you quoted an entire, uh, what, who was the band? 10th Avenue uh, North. You quoted an entire 10th Avenue North song. And did I really? Yes, and the teacher didn't know it was a 10th Avenue North song. You quoted the entire thing from beginning to end. And the teacher was, she was in tears because she thought you wrote it. She didn't even <laughs> ask you or not. Dude, see, he blacked out then too. He doesn't remember it. You gotta remember that. Uh, what was your story, Alex? Oh, okay. So I'm at this camp, and camp. now I'm very familiar with this camp. I've worked there a lot. I know the director. The director started doing this tradition where the last night, um, he would ask somebody who was familiar with the speaker to pray for his ministry. So I'm sitting in the back, the last row, dude. Behind me is the sound booth, um, then like the back door, and. I'm just sitting there and, and the guy, the director's name is Robbie. He comes up and he's like, we're going to pray for Jason. Now he looks right at me and he goes, Zach, would you pray? (laughs) (laughs) And as you know, but the throng might not know my brother's name is Zach. So I was like, first time I was like, I'm not going to respond. Cause I'm not going to assume that he was talking to me. And then he goes, Zach, would you pray? And I go, me? <laughs> but I didn't say me. I just mouthed me. I went me. <laughs> and he, he's looking right at me and he goes, <laughs> so I stand up and I pray for Jason this guy I don't really even know very I pray for his ministry going forward. Like I don't really know him. Service dismisses. So then Robbie messaged me on Facebook that night and he goes, Huge misunderstanding in the service. He's like, uh, I'll explain to you tomorrow. I was like, Okay. Uh turns out the guy running the sound booth was named Zach. And he knew Jason personally. <laughs> <laughs> And he was sitting sitting right behind me, like right behind me. So 
when Robin said, Zach, would you pray? <laughs> Zach, didn't, Zach, didn't, Zach didn't want to pray publicly. He was nervous about it. He just so like he went, the ball, dude. He went, and Robbie was like, Zach, would you, you know, so Robbie was like, crap, what do I do? This guy's refusing. And no one can see Zach. No one sees Zach at all. So Robbie's mm-hmm. having a conversation with himself. So, like, he actually was thankful that I just stood up and started praying because I bailed him out. But, like, dude, what are the odds, man? Like, and I look like a total moron. Like, I just presume upon it that I'm going to pray for this guy. <laughs> so I just stand up and start dude, praying. You are a prayer warrior, Alex. That's a story. I mean, that's the moral of the story right there. Boys, we are way off path, but I think it was a good one to go down. Guys, those, um, those are some great stories. Dude, I am Ligon Duncan's barista. I think that's it. I'm going to retire, boys. The world is your oyster, man. The world is your oyster. I'm going to retire. <clears throat> All right, boys, let's go to our last topic. Josh, you're familiar with what John Mayer is doing right now. Uh, just kind of explain it. And uh, let's comment on it. I, I'm not – I, I have to admit, boys, I'm not a big Mayer fan. Um, I like a few of his songs. I listened to some of the uh, songs you sent over the message today. Uh, a couple of them I was digging. But, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not hostile towards it, but it's not something that I would just go to. But if it was on, I wouldn't Dave turn Matthews it off. Dave Matthews Band is what you're trying to say. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. For the record, Alex um, really likes the Dave Matthews band. I do, yeah. Although I haven't sent hate mail or post negative comments on Twitter about that. Okay. What he means by that is that he likes Ants Marching, right? That's a good song. <laughs> that's all that's all it means. I'm not kidding, dude. Dave Matthews band, I had most of their CDs. Wow. No, no, we were driving to his house from the airport and he has like 20 cds in his car and what do we end up listening to because like 13 of those 20 cds was david dave matthews band (laughs) like that's what we listened to for like two three hours wow wow you really really like dave matthews band he's like yeah man they're great and carly doesn't really like them so i thought i'd just take this chance to listen to oh carly is hostile against them I take Carly's word over yours when it comes to music. Anyway. Yeah, man, she's the musician. Yep. it's a preference thing. No, you can't write about my preference. But I like more of his live stuff than his recorded stuff. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. I went to one of his concerts, dude. I believe it. I believe that. And I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I almost got kidnapped at it. <laughs> That's a whole what? <laughs> yeah, dude. I think I almost got abducted. <laughs> I was like 16. Dude, I was 16 dude. years old, dude. And uh, I was with Zach and my buddy Landon. <laughs> and this middle-aged woman comes up to us. And she oh, goes, no. we have tickets in the front row. Do you want to come party with us? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my new Twitter bio. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> And we and she was like, "Are you sure?" And I was like, "Yeah, you probably should just find somebody else." And that has always haunted me. Like, what if I would have said yes, dude? Was she like, was she trying to like kidnap teens? I mean, we were sixteen, dude. Like, we weren't like we weren't people who you would choose to party with. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I'm a big Dave Matthews fan. Um, Josh, let's get your rundown on this. Okay, so 
what he's doing this year is coming out with an album every month. And when I say album, there's like four or five songs, but still, that's pretty impressive. Every single month for 2017 is what he said he's going to do. He's done it for the first two. We'll see if he does it for the next 10. But why is he doing this? And kind of the justification he gave was a lot of times an artist would come out with an album. Just it's really talked about for maybe like a week or two. And then after that, it's forgotten. But what he wants to do is have people talk about him for a whole year because they, because he's already he's come out with an album this month. They know he's coming out with another one next month. What's he going to do next time? That kind of thing. And so far, it's working. So it's not really about his music. It's about his popularity. Yeah, I would. it seems like that, yeah. And I would say the quality of the last two albums in comparison to some of his other music kind of reflects that. It's more like pushing content than anything else. It's not about cutting good tracks. It's about just overfill. Just. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like, uh, like they're, they're good. They really are. Some are better than others. But it does feel like B-track to me. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes B-tracks are good, though. Dude, Moby, I didn't, Moby's, uh, is it the, the B-side or the B-track, whatever it is? That's my favorite album from him. What? Moby, the blue album. It's like the B-track, oh. the B-side. That's my favorite of his albums. But it's kind of like hardcore, kind of rebel. Like, these are the rejected ones, but he still got it published anyway. Well, from his first album, like, the only song I really remember was the No Such Thing. I want to run through the halls of my high school or whatever. At the top of my lungs. That one, yeah, that's all I remember. And then didn't listen to him, and then Gravity came out on Continuum, and that was a big deal. And then didn't really listen to him. But then when he came out with Born and Raised, everybody was making a big deal about that as well. But Paradise Valley, just the the most recent one before this year, in 2013, by far, I loved that album. Uh, he went Western with it, which you can hear that in some of the new songs that he put out that I've listened to. He's got a lot of like Western guitar and very like Western rhythms in his music, even though the first track to the album was kind of R&B-ish. Hmm. Uh, my favorite album by him is his live album from Los Angeles, Where the Light Is. I think yeah. that's his album. And I think it's because that's when he's more, he's more bluesy in that album than anything else, than any of his other albums. And I think that's where he's best. And I think that's consistent with these oh. albums that he's coming out with. He's best when he's like a bluesy feel second best when he's like a pop feel, but I'm not that into pop, but he's, I have to admit he's still pretty good at it when he does like this country or folksy, he's just not as good. And, but it feels like he's testing the waters with different genres with these albums. It's just really, really it was just very calming. Listen to. It was good background music. I, I agree with that for sure. But, I'm going to check out that live album, though. I like live music. The live ones is best. With his most recent stuff, let me get the names of the songs. The first track was fantastic. Yeah, Love, Which one you- Love on the Weekend is fantastic by him. Oh, what was it? Help- Helpless is also really good. Neither one of them are too lyrically great with the Christian worldview, but he images God well musically, I think, in both of them. They're good, they're good songs. Covers a Tom Petty song. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You guys ever got Tom Petty? Yeah, man. He actually sued Sam Smith. Really? Because the song, um, Oh, Won't You Stay With Me. If you listen to Tom Petty's I Won't Give Up, 
It's oh, mm. um, oh no, no, I won't give up. Just the same, 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 same notes, even as Sam Smith. Stay with me. Sued him, took him to court, won the battle, dude. So Damn what happens? Up. It's still on Spotify, though. You can still yeah. buy it. Isn't that weird? You can't get rid of the song. Like the song's in circulation. You just pay him a royalty yeah. or something? I don't know what the what the payout was, but it was like a big deal. But it, I mean, it. The issue came up on the public scale and came down so quickly because you couldn't like they couldn't. Sam Smith couldn't argue. He just settled. He didn't try to fight it. He was like, "Oh yeah, you're right. That's exactly what your song sounds like." Plus, it wasn't the whole part of the song that he wrote that sounded like it. It was just those few stanzas that was the same. Dude, Sam Smith's good. Dude, I love Sam Smith, dude. All right, boys. I just sent you the funniest video you'll ever see in your entire life. <laughs> That's high praise. Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> That's high praise. That's <laughs> high praise. No, it's Jimmy Fallon impersonating John Mayer. Someone should play it. <laughs> I gotta see him though, dude. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Dude, did you ever see Jimmy Fallon uh, impersonating Justin Bieber? No, it's dude. fantastic. Michael Bublé was on SNL, and they did like a Christmas <laughs> special from like all these different artists. So funny, man. But Kate McKinnon by far has the best Justin Bieber impersonation on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> She's very talented. It's been a while since I've laughed at anything on Saturday Night Live. No, dude, you have to handpick it. Like, have you seen Melissa McCarthy's Sean Spicer spoofs? No, I've heard it's awesome. Fantastic. Though. Just great. Great. I feel like unbelievable. Anytime they actually do something funny, everyone gets really excited about it, but it's not too frequently. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't watch the whole... I will say their weekend update is usually really funny. Yeah, but I mean, like, Colbert does it better. John Oliver does it better. I know. <laughs> Colbert's so funny, man. He's great. Dude, did you ever watch the interview of him with Jack White when they talk about Catholicism? Yep. Yeah, you said it's it's a fantastic interview. So funny. He's so he's just like a really smart person. He's, he's very smart. I appreciate that about him. I do too. He's not lazy. Boys, this has been a, a wild ride. This has been a perfect day. Boys, it's been a pleasure. It's been a fun episode. It's been a good one. A good ride. I think it's it's been one to lift the spirits. Mm. To encourage the throng. Mm. Follow Join us. Join the movement. Oh. At the Exchange Pod on Twitter, join the throng. Come into the movement. Join the bandwagon. It's time. It's time. Guess who started following us about ten minutes before we started recording tonight? Legend Duncan. Doctor, <laughs> Pastor, Mister Brent the Man Belford. <laughs> what? Oh, dude. Dude, I thought that we had arrived when our subscribes hit 1 million or so. It is now that we have arrived. Yeah, dude. It is Brent now. Brent Belford. 
Join the throng plus Brent Belford. Mm. Uh, Join Brent Belford, guys. Brent Belford. If it's good Brent enough Belford. for him, it's good enough for you. Mm. If Brent mm. approves, we approve. Mm. I'm Both with him. Brent. I'm with him. This episode approved <laughs> by Brent Belford. We really need to update our uh, podcast logo to Brent. <laughs> Put his face on it. But like his smiling face with the little soul patch. Boys, it's been a pleasure. As Michael Scott would say, good night and good luck.